I think every single dog should be muzzle trained mm-hmm. um, for the reason of an emergency. Welcome to the Woofie Show, the ultimate dog lover's digest. Meet your hosts, Brian and Magda, two dog lovers ready to help you be the best dog parent, unravel the mysteries of canine behavior, and keep you updated on the latest trends in the dog world. This podcast has something for everyone. Get ready for heartwarming stories, expert advice, and a lot of laughs. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about muzzles and specifically the advantages of it, the disadvantages, and maybe common misconceptions about them and possibly some training tips of how to make your dog like them more. (laughs) So joining me on today's show is Samantha, who is a muzzle advocate. Uh, So Sam, please tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and what inspired you to become a muzzle advocate. For sure. So um, I recently became a certified dog trainer through the Victoria Stella Dog Training Academy. And I have two dogs of my own. So my first dog, Harley, um, didn't show any like major behavioral concerns or anything like that. You know, they kind of joke and say like you, your first dog is like this angel dog and then you get your second dog. (laughs) Yeah, no, I get that. I think my dog is an angel, but like I'm a bit worried getting the second one. (laughs) It's so true with Wesley. Um, He's definitely a mama's boy. Mm. And when he turned about two, a year and a half, two, he started to show some signs of resource guarding towards other dogs. So So would you be able to explain what is a resource guarding for those who don't know? Of course. So resource guarding is essentially a dog is protecting something that they deem as super high value. Mm -hmm. So this can change from dog to dog. So like some dogs will guard sticks, some guards will dog people, some dogs will guard people. Mm. Um, With Wesley, his one of his major things is food. So like high value bully sticks or anything like that, yeah. um, his food bowl. Um, we started to see some signs of him trying to guard those things. And my other dog is, I love her to death, but she's a little pushy around food. Mm-hmm. So before we started to really train it, um, she would come into his space. He would react. They'd get into a fight. And of course, whenever dogs fight, you are worried about potential bites. Yeah. Um, which we never want. You never want to have that happen to your dog. Yeah, of course, especially dog. when the dogs live together, right? They have to get on because if they don't, that's an issue. It's hard for yeah. sure. And it's a lot of management, uh, a lot of training. Uh, but one of the tools that we use to help with this uh, alongside of training is a safety tool, which is muzzles. So Wesley is my guy. He's absolutely adorable. <laughs> what breed is he? So Wesley is a two and a half year old Bernadoodle. Okay. He is awesome. the reason I became a trainer, actually, okay. because of all of this um, behavioral stuff that started happening with him. And yeah, I absolutely found a passion for muzzles when I first started training him uh, because people don't quite understand what they're used for a lot of the time. Yeah. And like you mentioned before, there's a lot of misconceptions surrounding them. Yeah. Uh, so would you be able to just quickly kind of explain what is a muzzle yeah. and what situations is it kind of used for? For sure. So muzzles are um, essentially a safety tool. So I brought Wesley's here with me, um, which we'll get into a little bit more later about like what type of muzzle it is and everything like that. Um, but essentially it is a safety tool. So one of my biggest things with training with clients or training with essentially anybody who I talk with, um, muzzles are one of my main go-tos if there are concerns of a potential bite. Um, Another reason that people might use them is for prevention. So obviously preventing bites, preventing their dog from ingesting things off of the ground, um, pretty much anything that you can think of that, like there's the BS or... um, the BSL, uh, breed-specific legislation that have been implemented in the UK and everything like that where the dogs do require the use of muzzles. There's no other reason other than their specific breed. So that's another reason why people essentially have been forced to use muzzles in that case. So one of my questions as well is, is there like specific breeds or maybe temperaments that you would you know, tell people, oh, this breed or this kind of behavior should have the muzzle. For sure. So for me personally, I don't think that there's a specific breed that 
requires um, muzzles. I think that muzzles are can be used for each individual situation for dogs. So not necessarily saying like all Bernadoodles need muzzles yeah. or all um, in the UK where they say like all extra large bully breeds need uh, muzzles. For me personally, it's on a situational basis. Yeah. So if your dog, you're, like I said, they are training or um, a safety tool to use in conjunction with training. Mm-hmm. So you're never going to put a muzzle on a dog and say, we'll just put them into a situation and see how it goes. Yeah. Like say your dog is showing signs of like not liking other dogs, being uncomfortable, potentially biting other people. You're not going to put one of these on and it's magically going to cure everything. Yeah, it's that all about the training, right? Exactly. And kind of conditioning your dog exactly. to be comfortable with this tool. Yeah. So it is a safety tool to be used in conjunction with um, training of different different behaviors, different cues, different uh, for different situations. I feel like when you go to a pet store, for instance, you can't really find them. Yeah. I have never seen a muzzle just hung in there being like, oh, here, here's muzzle section. Yeah. Let's try them out and things like that. So I was actually wondering, yeah. where can you get these things from? And yeah. how do you even find out about all these different types and what is the right type of a muzzle for your dog? There are so many different Obviously, there's a lot of different types of dog breeds, which means there's different face shapes, different yeah. sizes, size requirements. Obviously, I'm not going to go put this type of muzzle on a Yorkie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's going to be much bigger. The Yorkie could probably fit into that. Exactly. You could carry them around kind of like this in it, right? So for um, so for me, uh, there's multiple different types of muzzles that I suggest. So the ones in the pet store that you will find are something called the Baskerville muzzles. Now, you can show to the camera what what they look like. So uh, this is what you're going to find in most pet stores. And it's probably one of the only ones that are available in kind of your pet value, pet, um, pet co, different things like that. Um, Why is that, though? So they are um, because of the sizing that like every dog is different with their sizing. Mm -hmm. You can't, like, this one that I have for Wesley. Yeah, pick you up. There you go. Um, this one that I have for Wesley is a custom muzzle. Okay. So I found an amazing company out of BC who does custom uh, biothane muzzles. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely love them. They're fantastic. But um, you can't, because he has very specific measurements mm-hmm. in order to ensure that he has proper pant room so that he can't, um, like, dogs the way that they regulate their body temperature is through panting yeah well it's one of the ways that they do so you want to ensure that the muzzle is big enough for them to open their mouth exactly to completely open their mouth um some people will say like there's different types of muzzles for different situations Mm -hmm. Uh, for me i think it's super important to mark that um your pet regardless of the situation should be able to drink water out of a muzzle should be able to be in a full pant and they should be able to eat out of it Mm -hmm. so for Wesley you can see he has a little hole here yeah Uh, when we're doing training sessions that's where he gets his treats he can do his full lip licks and everything like that in his muzzle um so going back to um the muzzle that you were talking about the one that we can find in a pet store can you just quickly explain for those who are just listening what do they look like and kind of what are the main things about it that makes it special of course so uh, for the Baskerville muzzles they're kind of a harder plastic um they kind of will sit uh on front of the dog's face um depending on the dog um it can be comfortable Mm -hmm. most dogs that I have used these muzzles on especially with Wesley um they're not as comfortable as potentially a biothane oh like Uh, a custom made exactly because it is like you can like feel it if you want. Uh, yeah. It's very, very lightweight. It is. Very, it's very bendable exactly. and lightweight. And it feels like it can shape into the dog's face quite yeah. comfortably. And exactly. it's actually not very heavy either. No, that's one of the biggest things that I liked about the biothane. But these ones are not bite proof. Okay. So these ones are, um, they can be bite resistant, but mm-hmm. they are not bite proof. So I'll share in a couple minutes about the ones that are more bite proof. 
Um, but going back to the Baskerville, those ones are also not bite proof. Okay. So the type of plastic that they are, um, they've been tested and stuff like that, where um, they aren't necessarily as bite proof as other brands that I'll mention yeah. um, coming up. So what is the general purpose of that specific muzzle so for this one again prevention um i used the baskerville muzzle when i was first starting to muzzle train wesley because they are so readily available Mm -hmm. they do come in i I believe it's size somebody will probably correct me on this (laughs) but i believe it's size zero or even double zero to size seven uh and those are generally readily available in stores okay um if you have a dog like Wesley, even like the larger size, it didn't quite fit. Like, because he's he's a Bernadette, so he has the poodle nose. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. He has quite a long snout. Yeah. Um, and I, it just didn't work for him. Yeah. But when we wear muzzle conditioning, which I'll talk about afterwards, um, it is the first muzzle that we did use because so, it is readily available. Yeah. So you'd say like it's a good kind of starting ground yeah. if you're trying to condition your dog to wear a muzzle. hundred percent. To begin with, right? Yeah. So what are the diff- other types of muzzle? For that sure. You can so talk about to the us. The wire basket muzzle um, is bite proof. So there's a couple different companies that make them. I won't name them because there's so many. Yeah. Um, I can give a resource I list I feel like afterwards. these are the ones that people are most afraid of. They're kind of like, oh my gosh, it looks like a crate that you put yeah. on your dog's <laughs> exactly. face, Exactly. Right? And there's so many misconceptions surrounding it, um, which is kind of why I like this one as well. Because, you know, it's more colorful. It's yeah. not as scary. It looks more fun. <laughs> yeah. But these ones, the wire basket muzzles, they are bite proof. Okay. They are not scavenger proof though depending on um depending on kind of the the size of the kind of bars that Mm -hmm. are there um they can be scavenger proof but some of them are not so like this one I would consider scavenger proof because Wesley couldn't ingest anything through um like a larger piece of something through there his little treat hole yeah he's not going to get anything in there unless I'm like actually physically physically giving it to him Whereas some of the larger um, like spaces in between, mm-hmm. those ones can have a harder time for scavengers because they can ingest things. Yeah. But they can't actually bite, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. So like if, for instance, your dog has that aggression towards other dogs, yeah. would you say you'd pick that one? Yes. So while you're tr- doing your training um, and working, I always suggest any type of aggression, working with a certified trainer, um, whichever route you decide to go. If you want to mm. go forestry, if you want to go balance, that's totally up to the owner. Um, but for, I would always suggest, yeah, something like this to be bite proof. Yeah. You want, you don't want to ever put your dog in a situation, even if they have a muzzle on, like I mentioned earlier, uh, you're not just going to go put them face to face with a dog and be like, here you go. Have fun. Um, it's not going to end well. Yeah. And um, of course, dogs don't naturally like the muzzles. So exactly. it's something that you have to train them to like. A hundred percent. Just yeah. like anything. Exactly. <laughs> no different than a leash. No different yeah. than a harness. Exactly. Um, you need to condition them to, uh, you need to make a positive association with the muzzle. Mm-hmm. I take this out and Wesley's like, awesome. We're going on an adventure. Like yeah. it's like the best thing for him. Um, That's great. Yeah. So there is another muzzle that you showed me, yes. which is kind of like a plastic thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like a plastic plastic basket almost, right? Yeah. That sits on the face. So yeah. would you be able to talk a little bit about that? Of and course. Wh- what is the actual name for it? So those ones are called a vinyl muzzle. Okay. So... Uh, essentially it is it kind of looks like a clear plastic that kind of goes around uh, it looks like a clear bottle with holes in it exactly (laughs) yeah very similar so it's completely breathable um your dog is able to do a full pant again with all of the muzzles that I'm showing except for the last one um which we'll talk about afterwards (laughs) um they all have the ability to have the full open pant room Mm -hmm. for the dog which I love this one as well the vinyl muzzle it is bite proof Uh, It's completely customizable for fit. So you can find a company that makes them Mm -hmm. and then find... So they're not readily available. No. So the honestly, the only one that I find that is readily available is the Baskerville, which we talked about the first time. Mm -hmm. 
And then there, the last one, which I'll talk about, which I don't suggest owners get. Unfortunately, that one is one of the more cheaper ones and it's more readily available. So yeah. owners who don't know any better will say, hey, I'm looking for a muzzle. Some stores will send them that way because they are less expensive. Yeah, yeah. and they kind of don't know any better. Exactly, <laughs> so, which is why we're here. Yeah, to educate <laughs> exactly. and tell people what is the best muzzle for you. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, awesome. So anything else you would like to add about that one specifically? Uh, so that one is also scavenger proof because okay. it is. it does have the... Um, like they have treat holes kind of kind of looks like Swiss cheese around mm. it. Um, yeah. They are super breathable and so they can drink water, have treats and stuff. Yeah. But you can't again, like if your dog is super high prey drive and you're working in training, something accidentally happens, they're not going to be able to go after that squirrel and ingest it. Yeah. Um, or they're not going to be able to find that rock that's on the ground yeah. and ingest it. Um, and break their teeth, you know. Exactly. <laughs> There's so many, like, so many amazing benefits of muzzles yeah. that people immediately go to, well, that dog must be aggressive or yeah. that dog must be unfriendly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's go ahead and talk about the last uh, option that we have here. So the last one is kind of a soft muzzle fabric muzzle, um, which a lot of people... Um, like some vets will use them, some groomers will use them. I've seen them starting to be phased out a bit in those industries because they have become more knowledgeable about, of course, the risk of having your dog's mouth closed. Um, they are not bite proof. Your dog can easily rip it off. So this muzzle in particular, for those that can't really see the picture, it looks a little bit like like a piece of fabric, basically, that's closing the mouth shut yeah. uh, completely. Uh some might think that it could potentially benefit your dog if they're, for instance, barking too much. <laughs> I have gotten that uh, so many times. You have no idea. Yeah. Like, oh, does your dog bark too much? I'm like, no. Yeah. Is that why you keep the mouth shut? But as you say, it's not particularly safe. No, it's super dangerous because um, dogs, one of the ways they do regulate their body temperature is through panting. Mm -hmm. So if you take away their ability to... It would be like putting, mouth. It would essentially be like putting duct tape on our yeah, mouth, right? So it's not particularly ethical. Right? No, it's not. And um, it's dangerous because of that, that their mouth is closed. Um, if they were to vomit, um, they could aspirate, which essentially, again, is not healthy. They could choke. Um, and it can cause a lot of stress on the dog as well. Imagine like us on a super hot day, you know, you're going for a hike or something like that. Which and you have like tape all around you exactly. or something and you can't physically yep. sweat it out. Exactly. Right? And you I, would probably pass out. And that's the thing. It's quite dangerous. And you'll see um, like owners are just trying to do what's best for their dogs. Yeah. And I absolutely love that. I love that they're advocating for their dogs, advocating for their needs. Um, but sometimes there's just that little bit of um, misinformation. Exactly. Yeah. yeah which is super important, again, why we're here to talk about. It's not an easy topic to discuss because we generally do get, there's a lot of negative misconceptions surrounding yeah. it. So but there's like an ethical way and unethical way, just yes. like anything in life. Exactly. There's a good and the bad. Yep. And, you know, if you don't have that education, that knowledge, you might make choices that are not particularly good for your dog, exactly. even though you might think they are yeah. good. They have their best interests at heart. And I always say, like, with anything to do with training, muzzle training, anything, you can only do better once you know better. Yeah. Right? So some people will go to the pet store and say, hey, I need a muzzle. There's only two options. Yeah. And if, like, I have found that, um, like, finance is a huge um, barrier between owners getting the proper muzzles that they need because they simply can't afford, like, these are not cheap. <laughs> Yeah, so like share, like yeah. how much uh, um, is a custom-made biophane muzzle, for instance? So for Wesley, uh, this is his third muzzle. So we've done, um, it can take a bit sometimes if you're not, you know, I just kind of went willy-nilly and used the the measuring tape and was like, oh, like, yeah. let's just send it off and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, his first muzzle was ridiculously large on him. Uh, right. And it was probably... I'd say including shipping, I believe it's $175 Canadian. Okay. Uh, so shipped from BC. Um, but, and that's kind of the average going rate of any muzzle yeah. that you're going to see. Um, 
there are some that are like based out of the UK and stuff like that. Um, which again, you have to pay customs, you have to pay shipping. Yeah. So you're looking at anywhere between a hundred and two hundred dollars Canadian. Yeah. For so that can definitely be like, oh my gosh, I have to pay so much money. Exactly. To muzzle my dog, and then potentially you're gonna also have to pay for training classes yep. to it you know make up. sure that your dog is comfortable with wearing this thing. Exactly. And. You know, I can definitely see it as being a barrier. So yep. then people could potentially choose to go with the cheaper route, which yep. is not necessarily the best route yep. for their dog. Or they rehome their dog or yeah. they have to surrender their dog because they can't they can't pay for the training classes. They can't pay for proper muzzles. Yeah, it's it is a very I'm looking into finding different ways that I could potentially have like subsidized muzzles mm-hmm. uh, for owners in those situations. But again, it's a long process, so yeah. stay tuned. <laughs> um, but exactly. Yeah, we we might revisit this topic further down the line. You know, if there's any progression with people being a little bit more accepting of the muzzles and things, yeah. like it'll be quite nice to compare of what the misconceptions were and how the society is kind of progressing into of this more open uh, and safer way of uh, raising the dog right yeah so okay we know all about different types of muzzles now so are you able to potentially share with us how you can make your dog like the muzzle (laughs) for sure (laughs) so that is one of the um one of my biggest pet peeves is I see dogs at the dog park. They have a muzzle, which is great. They're advocating for their needs, but the dog is rolling around on the ground trying to paw it off because they aren't comfortable in it. They don't, it's not natural, right? It's like, it would potentially be like putting braces on for the first time yeah, or um, like you're putting on like a new glove or mitten, right? I mean, what we did recently because, well, our dog, she's she's a dog taller and dog tallers have very sensitive eyes. So because it's snowing outside and the sun is shining, obviously the sun is reflecting off the snow. So we decided, oh, we're going to get her like a pair of goggles, (laughs) right? But that's also something that's not natural for them. It's not unethical because it's not actually harming your dog. It's actually preventing their eyes from being blinded Um, but it's also something that we've been training very hard every day you know putting the clear goggles on first just so she knows how to use it and then you know introducing the lenses and things like that but she still kind of goes you know pats her face sometimes and be like to get this off of me because it's not natural exactly so I can only assume it's kind of similar with a muscle exactly the same it's super similar and when you are first starting with anything whether it be like the goggles like you're talking about or a muzzle you want to get the dog used to even just the look of the object yeah so for me when I am doing muzzle training with clients or even when I started with Wesley I literally all I did was I would take it out even if he would look at it, I would say yes, and I'd give yeah. him a reward. Then, so it's a very slow process. Very slow. Yeah, yeah, some dogs pick it up quite quickly. Wesley took about two weeks for him to be like comfortable with like the muzzle being on his nose, mm-hmm. and it clipped up. Um, it probably took us about two months for him to be able to be off-leash uh, around other dogs with, again, this has nothing to do with the, like, the training piece. This is just the muzzle training yeah. aspect of it. Um, but that's great to know because yeah. a lot of people actually expect their dog to just get it. No. Right? <laughs> like, oh, I'm just going to put this thing yeah. on, on the face yeah. and my dog will be fine with it. But and they'll be totally the fine. The reality right? is yeah. not that simple. It takes no. time. Yeah. Like, people always ask, you know, when, when do I stop training my dog? Never. And it's like, never. <laughs> you never like, stop training. You literally training. <laughs> just train them the whole life because yep. there will always be new things that yep. you have to get your dog used to. Exactly. So that's really Good thing that you said that it's going to take, you know, two months. Yeah. That's realistic expectations. And it's not going to take two days. (laughs) No. And that is the thing that I've seen on a lot of different like pages and stuff. Like I'm on, I'm a huge muzzle advocate. So I'm on a bunch of different muzzle advocacy pages. Um, And that's what people will come and comment and say, hey, like I've been muzzle training my dog. It's been two days. Why haven't they gotten it yet? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so it's super important to realize that like you are literally just going to start by showing them the object. If they make any motion towards it or they 
look at it. You want to make a positive association. They get a treat or they get their favorite thing. You know, you toss the ball, whatever that high value reward looks like for your dog. Mm -hmm. Um, The next kind of step is literally like presenting it to them. And if they put their nose on it, they kind of sniff it. Oh my gosh, amazing, great work. Yeah. Here's a treat. Um, Or again, whatever value. Yeah, or a ball or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, The next kind of step is to just kind of hold it like that. Um, I liked the Baskerville muzzles for the purpose of they have kind of ridges on the inside. So mm-hmm. what I would do is I would smear peanut butter on in the inside oh, wow. of it. Okay. And then of course, Wesley's like, I love peanut butter. And yeah. She's whiz. Like this is amazing. I'm gonna stick my <laughs> nose in here and I'm gonna lick it. That's a good training tip. Exactly. Yeah, like awesome. they get super used to having their nose in it. If you are um, like waiting on a custom muzzle or you're um, like haven't been able to go to the store. If even if you have like a yogurt container or you have a um, like a peanut butter container that's empty. Yeah. You can put, again, yogurt, peanut butter, cheese Whiz, anything that your dog really enjoys, put it on the bottom and yeah. have it sitting on the ground. And they're naturally going to put their face into yeah, the muzzle. Kind of like a muzzle, right? Exactly. But putting it in the jar. Yeah. That's so then awesome. they get used to the feeling of something being around their face. Of course, you would never do that unsupervised. Yeah. Um, you're not just going to leave a yogurt <laughs> container and the dog has the face. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Which is a huge like suffocation risk, of yeah. course. But when you're training it, you can put, you know, you can even put like beet liver treats on the bottom. Mm. They have to put their face in and then it's their choice to pull it out. So same with um, like these, like any type of muzzle, you're going to start with the straps not done up. So you're going to have them kind of pulled off to the side because even the like change of environment yeah. of moving the it's strap like around these little head. things that yep. dog will just react to and they're exactly. like oh, what are you like, doing this is completely it? new yeah. like exactly and that's what takes a long time especially with muzzle training is that your dog as soon as you change that environment even if it's like putting one strap yeah. up completely different ball like, game hold for them. on yeah. i didn't i didn't sign up for this <laughs> exactly like, why are you like, putting the strap on my face <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing and people will immediately say oh my dog is good with putting their nose in okay time to do it up now and like they'll be fine no yeah you want to start super slow even once they're good with putting their nose in you can hold treats kind of in the yeah. front so that they have to put their nose in put, put and they right get the inside yeah, yeah to get the treat and then you can slowly start phasing out the treat being like readily available you offer it to them they say okay what did I do last time to get a treat it was they put their nose in and then once their face is in you give yeah. them the reward again then they have the option to retreat yeah so you build up on time um for Wesley eventually what we did is we kind of put um, like I would hold it out, he'd put his face in for 10, 15 seconds, then he'd get a reward. Yeah. Um, and then we built it up to the point where like I could just hold it, he would willingly yeah. put his nose in. So how how much of your day would you kind of put into yeah. this training? So for me, um, I always say it's like shorter training sessions are better, especially when you're introducing a new a new behavior, a new concept to a dog. So especially if it's more of a scary thing. Like imagine if I just like tried to put this on your face, you'd be like, what is happening? Yeah, exactly. Um, So (laughs) it it is like, you'd be like, whoa, what are you doing? (laughs) Crazy lady. You would have a panic attack. Exactly. (laughs) Even though it's, you know, you can clearly breathe out of it, but it's just this mental thing, right? And that's, so what I usually suggest to owners is start with five minutes a day. Or if five minutes is too much, start with one minute. Yeah. Like start where your dog is at mm-hmm. and be patient. Yeah. It's um if your dog is a little nervous, for exactly. instance, then you just want to stop it there. Exactly. And you, kind of not continue, maybe yeah. revisit it the next day. Exactly. And go with your dog. You wanna work with them, not against them with yeah. any sort of training. So you're gonna want to like eventually, potentially, like just put it on the ground if they're super nervous toss treats like towards your dog yeah and towards the muzzle um it's like, kind of like anything as well exactly. for instance if your dog is uh nervous with wheelchairs yep. or whatnot or uh, prams or yep. anything new you just want to toss those treats around yep. right to, make a positive association yeah. with it and you're never 
you want your dog to come towards the muzzle. You don't want to bring the muzzle towards to the them. dog. Yeah. Because that can be super threatening for them too. Like, whoa, like you're trying to put yeah. this on my face. I don't like that. Whereas, hey, I want they, to put like, my face make in. that conscious decision to yeah. do that, then that's a good thing, right? Exactly. And like you're making progress like that. Yeah. Awesome. Which was the biggest thing for Wesley is like, I remember the day that I was like, oh my gosh, like he was able to like have the clips up and no yeah. issues at all. No padding, like no trying to take it off. It was like a like, eureka moment. Like a big, big, you know, win for you Ex- guys. It was a huge yeah. win. And uh, like it does take a long time like we mentioned but it doesn't have to like i said some dogs they might pick it up right away and they're like this is super cool i love this yeah other dogs might like i have i run a muzzle advocacy project and i have everywhere from my dog picked it up in two days to it took us two years to do it yeah so it largely depends on a dog and exactly how brave it is or like you yeah. know just how he feels about it exactly kind of thing. and Every how consistent you are as the owners well with the training because it isn't it definitely isn't something that like any training you can't just do it once and Mm. they're fine like Wesley is um like fantastic off leash doesn't need doesn't necessarily need his muzzle off leash but we train for every situation so he wears it at the off leash park uh sometimes like he'll start off with it on and then I'll take it off and he's totally like he doesn't need it at the park but we train for that situation that say I needed it at the park he doesn't see it as anything different than okay like we're just gonna put my muzzle on it's fine same with the vet's office yeah so if he like I think every single dog should be muzzle trained Mm -hmm. um for the reason of an emergency like if like potentially animal services has to pick your dog up they're super nervous super skittish potentially biting at like trying to bite they may put a muzzle on your dog for safety of them as well as your pet yeah um if that's the first time that they've ever seen a muzzle it's going to be super stressful yeah same at the vet um your dog isn't feeling well as we know like just like us if you have a headache sore stomach you're not your best self yeah so kind of grumpy yeah you're kind of more reactive they might just act out of character and it's just like you know oh i didn't see this coming and then you're in trouble then exactly because your dog just bit another person and that can literally you know your dog could die like the kid could be put down just because you made that decision not to muzzle train your dog exactly and some will put like some vets will bring the dog back they're not um for good reason they're not cooperating they're uncomfortable they're afraid um some vets like with harley my first dog um she is petrified of muzzles because there was a situation where she was uncomfortable she was scared um so she was reacting against the vets Mm -hmm. and um they decided to put a muzzle on her and I personally am not happy with that situation. Um, this isn't at our current vet. We absolutely love our current vet. That's <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> okay. But um, that they didn't come and talk to us first. And so now. They just did it they without just did your it. consent. Yeah. So now without she's Without even petrified. knowing if your dog is comfortable or not. Exactly. So they kind of just ruined it for her, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And that this was before, like, I had really ever thought about muzzle training Um. And I wish that I had started so that when she was in that situation and they did put a muzzle on her, like she's even afraid now. We've done lots of work on it, but she doesn't even like harnesses being put over her head because it reminds her of, the, of someone putting something over exactly. her. Yeah. So it can be super like if your pet has had a negative experience with a muzzle in the past, um, it can take quite a lot longer to convince them that this is a good thing it's not a scary thing yeah because they're traumatized like literally it's like they need therapy now (laughs) yeah well that's the thing right you need to like sit down and like like retrain it and go from the beginning and it can take quite a while like with harley i'm just starting the process with her and it's like it's very much like i put it there she sniffs it great and then like even like five or ten times she does it and we're done our session for that day because she that's like too much it's too much for her yeah right yeah so are you able I know we kind of touched on that topic already a little bit but are you able to maybe share some common misconceptions of why are people so scared of muzzles like why do why do muzzles make you uncomfortable (laughs) of course so um one of the biggest misconceptions that I see online um even just in um 
like every day kind of walking with Wesley is, does your dog bite? Yeah. Excuse me. So with him, he is super friendly. I have a picture of him. He's absolutely adorable. Um, I ended up actually getting him a <laughs> sign on his harness that says friendly. That's awesome. Because People probably don't read that though. They just kind of no. see the muzzle because it's so bright and colorful. And exactly. they're like, oh my God. <laughs> and they, they literally, I've had people leash their dogs and walk away. And he's like so sad because he just wants to play with those dogs. Yeah. And the, like one of the biggest misconceptions is that a muzzled dog is a bad dog, yeah. which they're not. There's no such thing as a bad dog. Yeah. And um, with only bad owners. Yeah. <laughs> only <laughs> owners, had this conversation yeah. before. Only <laughs> owners who need maybe more guidance with yes, training and stuff exactly. like that. Right. So, um, which is why we're here. Of course, exactly. Why <laughs> we're here. To make you a more like better human and responsible yeah, owner for exactly. your dog. So you have this knowledge and education, right? Yeah, and it's And huge. next time you see a dog at the dog park with yeah. a muzzle, you won't be so scared. You'll be yeah. like, actually, this is safer yeah. than if that dog was without a muzzle. Exactly. And some dogs do, like... For me, I would hope that owners who have dogs who are super uncomfortable around other dogs and would bite them wouldn't be at a dog park off leash. Exactly. As we know. You would know better, yes. right? Your dog is aggressive. They yes. shouldn't be there. <laughs> Some people don't have that common sense, unfortunately. Um, But like for me in that case, he's off leash. He is clearly playing with other dogs well um like i'm right there like monitoring all like yeah if um, something was to happen exactly. you're right there yeah. and you're a trainer as well so. uh, yes and i'm obsessed with dog behavior so i'm constantly yeah. analyzing other people's dogs yeah. body language as well and saying okay like they're uncomfortable with the way my dog's playing like why don't, why don't we take a break um does it make you feel quite frustrated frustrated as a responsible dog owner yes that other people <laughs> obviously judge you for your yeah. dog being muzzled it is quite frustrating and even this morning I had someone comment on a post saying um like why don't you just train your dog like well you are exactly right and it's that's another misconception that dogs who are muzzled have zero training aren't uh, don't have obedience training like Wesley at the dog park I I, like maybe I'm tuning my own horn but he's one of the most well-behaved dogs because I have put in the time and the effort and the training with him and we use the muzzle as a safety tool that yeah. I would hate for one like Wesley's the one who gets to decide what he views as high value mm -hmm. so if he sees that stick and he's like nope like this is mine yeah and another dog tries to take it and he bites that dog that's my fault as an owner yeah for not protecting the other dog as well as my own. So again, Wesley's great. He like when he's off leash, he has no issues at all. But if that were the case and he was to bite another dog, that's on Wesley. That that's not on Wesley, that's on me. Of course. For not advocating for yeah. him. We've actually said that quite a lot on a podcast, being like, you know, it's never really your dog's fault nope. because your dog doesn't know any better. It's nope. it's always you as the owner. And people find it uncomfortable because that means that you have to realize that you're the one that's responsible yeah. right you have to take on that blame exactly and maybe that's what makes people uncomfortable having to actually advocate for your dog's needs and realize that if you don't there are potential consequences yeah which is a huge thing as well that I've had people say well why don't you just take the muzzle off well I would absolutely hate like we've done training we he's quite good at redirecting he's I'm able to get his attention but again if he's not feeling well that day and he decides to react and heaven forbid bites another dog or a yeah. person his is more dog related than people related but still that's my fault that if I would feel absolutely horrible if I were to take that muzzle off and he were and to bite another happens. dog yeah I couldn't forgive myself because again it's gonna look like Wesley is yeah. at fault when really it's myself as the owner who didn't protect yeah. him. From and then people will turn around and be like, why don't you train your dog? And it's like, yeah. I tried, yeah. but then I get judgment from other people. Yeah. And that's also not cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I've had owners come to me and say like, I don't want to muzzle train my dog because I'm worried about what other people will think about me and them. That I am like the person who commented today said, you're a lazy owner because you're muzzle training your dog. 
no, actually I'm a responsible owner and yeah. I'm looking out for my dog's needs. So, so what, what kind of advice would you give to people that are worried about that judgment? Uh, for me, I always say that you can, you can have a conversation with people and say, like, explain your situation if you're comfortable doing so. Uh, for me, I always go the education route versus the... Um, it's like talking to a wall sometimes, though, right? It is. And uh, <laughs> it was like the person today where I was like, uh, this is the last time I'm commenting on this post, like, in relation to you. Mm-hmm. This is my explanation. Like, have a great day. Um, usually, that's usually, <laughs> yeah. that's usually what I go to. It's is like, like, okay, you yeah. seem like you know better, so, like... It is talking. Yeah, it is like talking to a wall, right? And um, you'll always have people who are going to try and say you're not a good dog owner, make you feel guilty or shameful about your dog wearing a muzzle. Yeah. So how do you like overcome that though? For me, um, I to not feel that shame and to feel like you're a bad owner or something. Yeah. Just because people are looking at you funny when you walk you know, on the street. Every single day that we go out, I at least, I have, and I'll, I, sometimes I will broach the subject with people. So, like, I see them kind of looking at Wesley weird or, um, and I'll say, oh, like, he's super friendly. Like, in the case that he wasn't friendly, I'll say, oh, he just needs space. Yeah. Um, advocating, I always will look at Wesley and look at how happy and fulfilled his life is because I advocate for his needs and I will never not advocate for those needs like no regardless of what other people think it's not about them it's about Wesley and about what he needs and I've had to make changes in my own personal business to make sure that his needs are met and that he is comfortable and he feels safe and that is my main priority of course it always should be it's like your child right like why would you put your child in a dangerous situation or in a situation where they can't react in a safe way yeah towards whatever is making them feel uncomfortable exactly and that is my go-to honestly is I will look at him and say you know what like I'm doing a good job I am I'm a good mom he's (laughs) he's happy he's healthy yeah and he is thriving and that is no matter what I have to do I said I would give up my entire business for him because it's he is that important important. yeah he's part of the family right exactly and I think that is the biggest takeaway is that you should always advocate for your dog's needs regardless of what other people think that's awesome that's a good key takeaway yeah (laughs) (laughs) so would you say there are any disadvantages of training your dog to wear a muzzle I because there are some things you know like people say muzzles are uncomfortable and but we already touched on that well yeah so many different ones you know custom made to your dog yeah. and that way it won't be uncomfortable yeah. then you have people saying like oh you know it's it's not ethical to put something on your dog's face yeah. but like are there really any disadvantages to muzzles I personally like I touched on before I think every dog should be muzzle trained and that I don't think there are any disadvantages like I think it's a great skill for your dog to have um for them again in emergency situation a veterinary situation um somebody like finds them on the street or something like that and animal services has to pick them up um they potentially might muzzle so I don't I always say like um like prepare for every situation yeah so I don't think there are any disadvantages there you go people there's no disadvantages to it doesn't, your dog. It doesn't cause them any harm as long as they're properly fit. Yeah. Um, there is no... That's what people are worried about. Yeah. Like even, even with crate training, yeah. it's such a taboo thing. Yeah. But it's like your dog has to be crate trained sometimes. Like, yeah. And it should be a safe space. It's not inhumane exactly. to crate train your dog. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing with a muscle. And as long as you do it properly you make sure they know that it's a safe space a safe safe object yeah. like like I mentioned with Wesley like this means we're going on an adventure yeah like he gets so excited it's the same reaction I he mean, has it's, it's a doodle right so exactly jump up and down he does, like, he does wow. his little kangaroo jumps he's like mommy yeah. I'm so excited to go 
um anywhere with me he's happy so yeah. he's, he's so funny like you want to go for a car ride to the store he's like yeah let's go like, um but yeah I personally don't think that there are any as long as you are conditioning it properly it's fit properly it's not going to hurt them it's not going to cause any stress if you do it properly again yeah um I think it's a great resource and a great tool to have in your toolbox for your dog well then I just don't understand why why do people (laughs) feel this way we need to change the feelings hey yeah it's uh, there's a lot of misconceptions for sure surrounding it and um there are going to be those dogs who are muzzled because they are uncomfortable around people dogs and it's important to respect the space of um dogs who are wearing muzzles unless you are welcomed into that space so but it works like that even if your dog isn't muzzled yeah exactly that's part of being a responsible owner is to just feel and how your dog is feeling that day and kind of figuring out whether your dog wants to be welcomed by another dog like that's the most annoying situation yeah i didn't want to say hi (laughs) yeah and it's like my dog doesn't have to say hi to everybody like maybe today's just not that day yeah (laughs) and that's the thing right and i think that nobody should muzzle make things different yeah and it shouldn't like i personally think that you shouldn't ever just walk up to another person's dog and pet them. Like you should always ask for consent and permission. Um, But unfortunately that's not the way society is. They don't view dogs as kind of their own beings. They view them as property. So that's a whole other topic, but (laughs) that's a good topic to talk about. Maybe we can put that in someday. For sure. Yeah. (laughs) So are you able to share any personal experiences or maybe success stories of how muzzle has changed someone's life? Yeah. Like dog's life. I mean, yeah, of course. So (laughs) owners too, I guess, because it kind of works both ways. Right. Um, so I actually, um, created a muzzle advocacy project. So So tell us more about it. Yeah. So, what we do is we share um because of such the negative stigma that surrounds dogs and their guardians um I kind of had enough one day and I was like you know what I want to create a platform and a space for owners to share their like you said their success stories their um like why they started to muzzle train their dog why um why it had like positive impact exactly behavior yeah and like I always include like what's your favorite thing about your dog because (laughs) I find people sometimes um will see a muzzled dog and immediately think they are a bad dog yeah but no like they're I'm not, not gonna lie though like that was me too of course because that's just kind of like I don't know what it is about humans that just they they see this thing on dog's yep. face and they instantly assume things and it's like and I caught myself and I'm like no actually that's a good thing yeah. and like I'm I'm there putting my hand up like I was that person too. and I used to be as well yeah before I had Wesley I didn't truly understand what like I knew what muzzles were for, mm. but again, it was like Wesley wears his muzzle in specific situations. It's not 24 seven. And I guess that's another thing I should touch on is that muzzles should never be worn unsupervised. So mm-hmm. like your dog should never be wearing a muzzle and then you leave the house yeah. because like, they could like end up with strangling themselves or something like that in like a like extreme situation, obviously. Yeah. Um, but uh, to go back to your question, I, Every um, every week we share a story from, I've had people from across the world. Like I had, the last one we did was local, but um, the last week's was from someone from Qatar. Wow. So it's bringing people together from across that's the like world. that's like completely different cultures and completely different exactly. views about certain things, yeah. right? So that's interesting. Yeah, and that was kind of what I wanted to do is share that like, it doesn't matter who you are, who your dog is, that they, like, muzzle training is, like, universal. Like, you can use it in so many different situations, and to share those stories and successes of owners, like, when I approach owners and say, hey, would you be interested in doing this? They're just floored. They're like, this is absolutely amazing. We would love to share our story, um, and it is something that we're doing around the world, mm-hmm. which has been incredible. I've had people from the UK, uh, the States. I've had Qatar, um, Australia. Like, yeah. it's absolutely amazing to see. So do you have, like, a, any specific story that you could maybe talk to us about? I'm trying to think. I've shared quite a few of them. Or maybe one of the clients that you worked with. Yeah. And you have introduced a muzzle trainer and kind of, like, how that has impacted their life in For a positive sure. way. 
I think the most personal one that I can touch on is, of course, Wesley, of um, the amount of stress that it takes off of myself personally because I am constantly, because he is a razor scarter, I am constantly watching his body language and behavior to see, is he going to react? Is he, I never want to put him in a situation where he is going to, of course, that's not the purpose of that, Um but he's the one who decides. Yeah, <laughs> so one day exactly. he might be having a harder day. Like you can't reach his mind. He's a dog. <laughs> exactly. So around Christmas time, when we had uh, friends and family over, again, his major thing that he guards is food. So I had his muzzle on. He was able to go down on a mat and like by the kitchen table with my other dog around. We were able to celebrate Christmas as a family with him me not having to constantly be looking at his behavior yeah. and his his body language and saying like it took the stress off of me as an owner to say that if I was to be enjoying my Christmas dinner and I missed something nothing is going to happen yeah that I he's wearing it just his makes muscle. everyone happier it may it's so much less stress and again you he, we've trained for these situations mm -hmm. he's not I wasn't just like well let's try it like yeah. Christmas time like let's put him in a situation we've trained for this um but that's big like and it was huge. actually able to enjoy Christmas as a family yes. without worrying yeah. and like your dogs are part of your family yep. so like for them to be there during Christmas time exactly that's a big success story yeah it was huge because I didn't have to sit separately with him and manage the situation of like the environment I was able to say you know what we've trained for this but in the event that something was to happen we're gonna be okay yeah um so I felt that was huge a uh, huge success story for us and I know many others have felt the same way um like through like we do we post them on our Instagram and Facebook uh, each week um but yeah it's been incredible to see a whole community coming together to yeah. s essentially say like there are no bad dogs. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can be part of this community of course, as well. We absolutely <laughs> love it. And we're so thankful that uh, you were interested in this topic because not many people want to talk about it or have the interest. Like they don't want the controversy, right? Like it's, yeah. yeah. Controversy is good. It is. In small doses. It creates good, <laughs> positive change. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the only way we can create changes by talking about exactly. uh, about all these controversial subjects. Yeah. So I feel like we kind of covered everything, yeah. unless you have anything else to share about a topic. I don't think so. I think that, um, yeah, the biggest takeaway is like, make sure that you meet your dog's needs and advocate for them. And if that includes a muzzle, you should never feel shamed for choosing that route. And um, yeah. Awesome. Well, um, how about you share where our listeners can find you and where sure. they can kind of sign up for your advocacy project? Yeah. So we do, uh, we're on Instagram as well as Facebook. Um, so Suns Out, Paws Out, YYC. Um, on both uh, Instagram and Facebook. And then we have our website, which you can find through the Instagram uh, in our link tree. And we do uh, blog posts on there as well about like proper muzzle training. Uh, we share the stories as well on on our blog. So yeah, it's a great resource, uh, great like supportive community for you to come and know that it's a safe space. All right, awesome. Yeah. So that's it for today. Thank you everyone for listening and we hope that we were able to answer the majority of your questions and concerns that you may have had about muzzles. Don't forget to subscribe, like and comment on this video to help us educate people out there and hopefully break the stigma of muzzled dogs because muzzled dogs are good dogs. See you next time.